Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord. Walt and I are thankful for this opportunity to participate with the Awakening in America, an outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library. Welcome, friends. We are glad you're joining us today. Walt and I have spent time really over the past couple of months praying and asking the Lord, where should we go in our next season for our podcast, Walk with God? And it's amazing how the Holy Spirit leads and guides, right, Walt? Yeah, for sure. We have seen that. And he has led us to the book of James, and that's where we're going to begin today. We're going to dig in with an intro. But before we start that, where are you today? Where are you today? Not the physical location, the city, state, or country in the world, but where are you in your heart and your soul, in your emotions You know, perhaps you are filled with gladness and joy, and we know people who just took a new job, Um, a couple that were just recently married while you performed that ceremony, Uh, others who have welcomed a new baby into their family. Those people are listed in the praise column in our prayer notebook. But then there are others who are on the prayer list column. Those folks, I think of a friend who tore several ligaments in her ankle, and she's in a cast right now, hoping that she won't need surgery. Another dear friend of ours who suffered a very serious heart attack back in late December. We have family members personally on Walt's side of the family, as well as mine, who are dealing with cancer people, friends who are facing some other serious diseases, kidney failure, and other um, life, life-threatening life diseases. And, you know, Brenda, even in this first few, uh, this first week of this new year, um, we're reminded that we've had opportunity to rejoice with those who are rejoicing, and we've done that, but we've also had opportunities to weep, and we've done that too with those who are weeping for those who are dealing with with real pain and real difficult times, dark times in their life. And I think, you know, even as I've prayed these last few days and worked on this script, um, you know, we want this podcast to be real to you as the, as the listeners. We're not trying to give you Bible band-aids to put slap in place and, and a Bible verse, so to speak. But what, what we really want to do is we, we want God's Word and we want the Lord through the Holy Spirit to minister to our hearts. So wherever we find ourselves today, each of us, We need the Lord's direction. We need his counsel for each circumstance we face. And we want to open our Bibles to the book of James um, for this next season. We'll, We'll be in here for a few months because we believe God's word guides, it comforts, and it instructs us in our daily walk with the Lord. You know, some of the issues James deals with will help us gain God's perspective in the midst of testing and trials. When you're unsure of what to do, when you lack wisdom, do you turn to the Lord and ask Him to provide? 
You know, is it even possible for us to control our tongues, to make the choice to bless others instead of harming them with harsh words? And James says, yes, it's possible. The book of James gives instruction for how the believer should live correctly before the Lord, practical guidelines for our faith in everyday life. Today, we want to introduce the author of this New Testament book. Let's begin in James 1.1. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes of the dispersion, greetings. You know, and even as you say that, we, we could spend multiple sessions just talking about that first word, But James. that's because you're a professor. <laughs> no, I used yes. to be. Well, but, <clears throat> but that's, you dig into this, you go. <laughs> but um, I don't want to divorce that, the name James, from the next phrase that occurs. And we'll talk about that because it's just not any James. He identifies himself as a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, that's who the human author is. And as, as we say the human author, remember, I was often think about this is there's a a capital big A author, and that's, of course, God, God Almighty, who is superintending the writing of Scripture. But then there's also the human author, and I love in 2 Peter 1, verses 20 and 21, where it talks about God moving. It's almost like there's a stick in the water, and God's carrying it along so that different people can use their own human perspective, but share the exact words that God wanted shared. Uh, And this is where it kind of gets tricky with the book of James. There are four different men named James that that occur in the New Testament. Two of them are are less prominent. Two of them are very prominent. Um, James, the son of Alphaeus, uh, he's one of the less prominent ones. But but also, um, James, the the father of Judas in Luke 6. Um, These two men, they're, they're listed, but they're really, there's nothing else in Scripture really pointing to them. But there are two James that are very prominent. One is James the Apostle, the the brother of John. And I love how he's described in Mark chapter 3. Um, it, it talks about, and he appointed, this is Mark three sixteen and 17, he appointed the twelve, Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter, and James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James, fisherman. And he gave to them the name Borjonas, which means sons of thunder. I love that. Of all the nicknames in the whole Bible, that's one of my favorite ones. These are the sons of thunder. And it probably indicates that Jesus is saying that they, they have fiery zeal. They, they, they're zealous for the Lord and for the law of the Lord. And they have lots of energy. They're fishermen. So that's the one, James. He's the apostle. Um, and even as though he's a, a very prominent man, man early in the church, in Acts chapter 12, this James is killed by Herod Agrippa I. Now, Herod Agrippa I is the grandson of Herod the Great, the one that tried to kill baby Jesus um, all the way back when he was born. And this Herod Agrippa I, he reigned in this area of Jerusalem from 41 to 44 AD. And so in chapter 12, when it says Herod Agrippa the first put James the apostle to death, and he was ready to, to to put Peter also. When it says that, you're like, okay, there's a date. Herod Agrippa did this. Really, later in chapter twelve, it talks about his death, and Josephus says that occurred in forty four A.D. and And this is why it's so important because. That James, that very important James, who was an apostle, he, he's now dead and off the scenes. 
And then we see this other very important James come onto the scene. He's been introduced in the Gospels already. Um, he, he's there because he's the half-brother of Jesus. They have the same father, or same mother, but they have different fathers. That's, that's important to get that right. Let me say that again. They both have Mary as their mother, but they have different fathers. Of course, Jesus' father is God the Father through the mediation of the Holy Spirit in an amazing way um, that we've been told already, that Joseph was, was told already that that would happen. And then James is is the, the child of Joseph and Mary, and there's other brothers. He's the full brother of Jude, who's going to write another epistle in the New Testament. And as you, you look down through that, James is, comes to prominence, and really where we start to see him take on leadership is in the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 15, there's the coming of the first Jerusalem council. And, and it starts, again, with Simon Peter. He's, gonna, he's describing what's going on. But then as they get to a point of decision in Acts chapter 15, verse 19, James stands up and and takes over and starts to talk about what they want to do in a decision. And then in Acts 15, 23, there's this, this, the whole group, it seemed right for us, the whole group follows James' decision. And so this James, the half-brother of Jesus, seems to be this prominent one that's mentioned, and, and, and he is the writer of this, this epistle. And even as, you know, you share that, Walt, and, you know, I mean, when we sat in seminary classes, the, these were always important lectures and that background information, but, but bringing... I think very real. When you look at Matthew 13, beginning in verse 53, we're told very plainly that his brothers and his sisters did not believe who he was. Of course, Mary, as his mother, had the angel had come to her. She'd seen the shepherds. She'd seen the wise men come. I mean, she'd lived it. But his own half-brothers and sisters did not believe in him until his resurrection. Right. And, and even Mary, as you track along with Mary, there's times when, you know, you're like, how, how does she understand this? Yeah. She, really she had un- to wonder. Well, yeah. She's like all of the people in the gospel record. Her understanding of who Jesus was and his claims on all of mankind, including her had to grow. And, and you know, Brenda, we, we talked about this before, but even as we talk about this human author, James, the half-brother of Jesus, how does he describe himself? He, I, I would say, hey, this is James, and I'm the half-brother of Jesus, and I'm the powerful leader of the church at Jerusalem. And, and he would really kind of brag on all his qualifications. But that is not what James does. Instead, what is he called, Brenda? He calls himself a servant. And it's interesting because as we dug into verse 1 of James 1, he says, I'm a servant of God, but then he says, and of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is unusual for authors to state both, to say that he's a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, which he's humbling himself before his half-brother and taking that position of humility. Yeah, and, and the, the translation of servant is, is, is a good translation, but it could equally be translated slave. And because of all the pejorative problems with the, even the term of slave and slavery, we've kind of gone away from that. But, but what James is saying is he says, I'm under the authority 
Mm. I, I am totally devoted to and given over to, and I'm going to follow the yielded authority. To. I'm yielded mm-hmm. to. Um, I am decreasing, and they are increasing, sort of that, that concept of John the Baptist. He says, I'm under the authority of God Almighty, mm-hmm. and I'm under the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's no familiarity. As he doesn't say, my half-brother Jesus, he just says, he's the Lord Jesus Christ, and I come under his authority. Formerly, I didn't even believe in him, but now he is my Lord along with my half-brother. He is my Savior. He is the authority in my life. And you see that sense here as a servant, um, a bond servant, you're going to obey, right? You're going to yield. You're going to, I love that word authority, but there's so many words that we can attach right Right. there in this first phrase of verse one. And and in my humanity, I met a few um, pretty well-known leaders in Christianity in mm-hmm. the circle. Yeah, you know, I heard you the other night just say that you knew Tom Landry. I heard you say that <laughs> yes, to somebody. I, I do. I did know Tom. But <laughs> but in, I often will say, hey, let me tell you who I know. I want you to know who I know. Right. And yet that's not what James is doing here. James is saying, I want you to know who I serve. Mm. I want you to know um, who is greater in my life than anyone else. And just the humility there, I, I just, I, I'm challenged by it. That, that's a head to heart, Brenda. I, um, you know, we've both had some amazing experiences. We've, we've both had education and other things, but, but just the, that's not how we're famous. We want to be famous in our love, in our devotion, and in our fidelity, our, our care for, and our prioritizing God and Him alone, and our wonderful Savior, Jesus Christ, and the Spirit of God, which is, has not left us as orphans, but has come, and He comforts us, and He guides us, and He empowers us, and He protects us. That's our claim to fame, that we're children of the King. Yeah, and as we embrace that James, he gives his name, and then that phrase that he's a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, then we look at his audience, who his recipients are, and he's directing this to the 12 tribes, and that's that's the Israel 12 tribes. And so if we go to Acts 2, the time of Pentecost, this is the time when now the birth of the church is going to take place in Jerusalem. And that um, was prophesied that it would happen. And we look at Acts 2, 5. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. So this gives us a picture that that these many, many people had come to Jerusalem for Pentecost, which is on the Jewish calendar. Right. But then God marks this time for the birth of the church and the coming of the Holy Spirit. And so we know as he's writing to these 12 tribes that are now dispersed, they've gone out from Jerusalem to Judea, to Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the the world, of the earth. And so this message is going out to first the Jewish people. So then we think, well, but I'm not Jewish. Uh, you know, my, I'm not found it to be Jewish. Well, what we know in James 1.18 from that particular verse is we know that these first believers were largely Jewish in background from that Acts 2.5, the time of Pentecost. 
But what we see here was while these, this gathering was largely Jewish, this is the guarantee that more believers are to come in the future. In other words, the church will be comprised of all peoples. Because we know what? John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. And it just even reminds me, as, as you're talking, that, that James is going to preside over this Jerusalem council where they talk about now that Gentiles are starting to come into the church, how do we relate to them? What do they need to do? Do they need to be Jewish first? And then followers of Christ and, and that council says, no, there's some things they need to refrain from, but, but they can be just followers of Christ. You know, um, one of the other things we would talk about often is the date of the book. And I'm just going to deal briefly with that just because there's, there's not tons of certainty there, but it seems like it's pro, this book is probably written sometime, um, Late, one of the earliest books, and, and it could even be as early as 45 to 50 AD, probably just before this Jerusalem council. If that's true, that book, along with First Thessalonians, these are the first two books written down in the whole New Testament. The Gospels are kind of come a little bit later, but these two books, this book of James, is very important. Yes, and that, that does um, emphasize that for us, the importance of what we're going to be studying and covering as we walk through the book of James in this season of Walk with God. Well, right now, friends, um, I feel like there are so many people facing trials, struggles, and great difficulty. Um, and it, and my heart breaks. Uh, my heart breaks for our own family members. Um, we have many prayers listed in our prayer notebook of, of family um, friends uh, friends who are going through hard times. And each day, um, during my morning and my afternoon walks, I ask the Lord to bring people to my mind so I can pray for them, so that I can bring their names one by one before the Lord. And you know, the book of James is a good book for us to study and work through these next few months. We need God's perspective we need his wisdom in every situation we face at work, at school, in our communities, with our families. And, and so I, I'd like to end, um, end our, our, our conversation with you today just in prayer. So um, would you go with me before the Lord in prayer? Father God, I thank you so much for your word that does provide those perspectives and, and, and comfort and encouragement. Um, that helps us when we're uncertain and we're facing difficult trials and, and situations that seem beyond us. And Father, I thank you that you give us your word to, to give us guidance at those times and to comfort us and to instruct us. And I pray over the next couple of months as we really dig into the book of James that you would meet us just where we're at. Um, I'm praying that for Brenda and me, uh, that you would meet us just where we're at. I'm praying that for listeners um, each week, Lord, I thank you. We have people from 45 different countries listening. And Lord, we can't be there, but I pray that your word would comfort them and the Spirit of God would instruct them and encourage them and protect them and provide all that they need. And so we just commit this new study in the book of James into your hands in Christ's name. Father, we want to know you better and we want to walk with God every day more closely 
and more in tune with the Spirit. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord. Walt and I are thankful for this opportunity to participate with the Awakening in America and outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library.